football is around the corner and we are ramping it up over here on the Ringer NFL feed in the month of August. Every week, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you not one, but two extra point takens. That's right. Double the trouble as we predict, debate, and analyze our way through camp and the preseason every Monday and Friday. But that is not all. Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Wednesday. We'll talk about everything in the world of the NFL. And who knows? Maybe Steven will even have something nice to say about your favorite squad. Though, frankly, I wouldn't count on it. Subscribe to The Ringer NFL Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow The Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Ringer NFL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. quite enough of that um just let it play baby let it play here's the thing about you yeah what's up bud monday august 21st i held off the anger until now i like to be i like to be genuine you see that that's why you came man you're in a good mood i'm not here's the deal when you get invited it when you get invited to dinner like you did oh my god this when you get invited to dinner to a family dinner yeah what I don't need you to do is show up and stuff your face full of meatballs like you did. I you ate... at the end? No, no, no. At the end, you were eating out of spite. I was eating. You did out not of spite even want that. Se- My no, mother makes so meatballs full. a few times a year. This idiot. <laughs> the meatball episode. Your daughter on her she best behavior, by she the way, had, had three. I wasn't thrilled with it. I would have preferred two. I was loading her up on on bruschetta. By the way, she went to reach for the second. I was like, you hey, need some more, baby. Hey, Charlie. Shovel in the bread. More turkey and heavy dipping gravy? Heavy, heavy gravy? Heavy sauce? But Jesse goes back for the second plate, grinning the whole time. Wasn't even hungry. No, I could tell you weren't. I was, at that point, it was just out of- You were like the kid in Matilda with the chocolate (laughs) cake. chocolate cake. You were just shoving it down just because. He was doing it because he was being punished. He didn't want to do it. You were doing that to punish me. Same there was still a punishment involved. Yeah, same principle, just, different punishment. I got more enjoyment out of it than he did. Um, How would yeah. you rate that meal? I don't care about cards yet. Sam and I, when, as we were driving on, let home. Me, let, me set the, let me set the tone. Please. I want your, to me, Olive Garden is a consistent six in, in uh, Italian dining. Okay. I know what I'm going to get. Yep. The portions are massive, by the way. That's a plus. The sure. price is fine. It's a six. It's, it's above it's average. It's a fast food. Yeah. Carabas, I put it at a seven. Oh, okay. Macaroni grill, I go seven and a half. Man, I haven't been to macaroni grill forever. Based on that scale, Demos would be like a three. Not really Italian. It doesn't really count. What's a crap Italian place? Uh, Fazoli's. Oh, Fazoli's is like a two. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so bottom based of the on that scale, give me your ranking yesterday. I mean, 
I hate to give a compliment. This is not a compliment to you. It's no, a compliment to, to your mom. mom. It's like a nine and a half. Like I, I can't imagine. Right, now we're gonna go individual dishes. So first <laughs> we, we had, cannot spend this much time on this. We're doing three minutes. Who cares at this point? Nobody's listening. I have okay. to tell my my soccer story at some point. Yeah, too. Riveting. Bruschetta, you're great on that. Uh, I loved your mom's bruschetta. She uses a balsamic with strawberry uh, in there. I actually told Sam, I think the strawberry was maybe a little too sweet for me. I like, okay. I think it has a natural sweetness that I'm fine without. So, but it was great. I'm a one through 10 here. I'm oh, not I'm only sorry. your freaking uh, description. That was, a, that was a, uh, an I'm, eight. That was okay. a solid eight. I was a seven on it. So fine. The okay. Caesar salad. Uh, that was a six and a half. Yeah. Six. A little too much dressing for me. Little, yeah. A little dressing. The eggplant Parmesan. Now, I like mine slightly thicker, but the the way she did it, I feel like it's just a different style. I would have gone mm, 7.8. Low on that. I thought that was fantastic. Okay. I thought it was great. I just, yeah, I, I just kind of like it a little thicker for the me. pasta. You notice the olive, olive, olive oil on that pasta. And then the <laughs> sauce. People are... Just fast forwarding really as fast one as possible. Pasta. Uh, the pasta, the the ziti was, uh, yeah, that was a solid seven. And the meatballs. Now the meatball, that's where. Uh, can we also say the sausage that was in there? Underrated. That Underrated Italian, Dude, that, Italian Those meatballs sausage. yesterday were a ten, by the way. But they yeah, had just the, enough of a burned crust on the outside with the cheese. And the thing you're you're neglecting to mention is the sauce itself. Of course, you the know actual what, sauce. You know, was the cu- probably her favorite. My best, her best sauce. My favorite. You know what the key to the sauce is. When you think you've had enough cheese, you just keep dumping it <laughs> you in. You don't quit. That's hand-grated Parmesan this was and then a little sugar. An all-natural Italian meal we had What's yesterday. What's the great on the sauce and Italian meatballs? Italian Sunday. That was where you, like, really rank. That's like, the nine, that's like a nine and a half. Because that's, okay. that's where I rank all of it. But the nine and a half really comes from the, the meatballs meatball sauce. The meatballs and sauce carry it. Okay. I'm happy to hear that. Yep. Absolutely best meal I've had Donkeys in, a long time. in the hobby. This is where um, we're starting. This was a great post the other day. Got a ton of engagement. I feel like I'm a donkey in the hobby at this point. Yeah. I would I want to talk about something, but I'm gonna save it for later because we, we, we did got a Beckett lot of news meal. Too, but I wanna We did we have Beckett news. We've got Scott Rogowski from uh well, I was gonna say Fanatics H Trivia Live. HQ, but that's not really what he's here to talk about. He's here to talk about Fanatics Live. He's the he main talk about guy. Whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if anybody played like in 2018, uh, Trivia HQ was like one of the, it was the most downloaded app in the year 2018. Uh, he was he was the face of that. He's very, very You have well a man known. crush on him? I just like his personality. Like as yeah. a person, you we like have him. so, <laughs> you like him. He just has a lot of uh, a similar sense of humor. He's also like a stand-up comedian, so you helps. were more giddy talking to him than anybody else I've seen you with. Oh, while. I had a I had a lot of fun. He has like so many good Simpsons references, but he's also like a really big sports nut. Like he has specifically baseball and old baseball, but he has like a lot of the same sense of humor that I grew up with. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I like so I nerded this. out a little bit. Yeah, the I man got crush. It. I got it when I when no I told my here. wife that I had his personal phone number and I texted him the other day. She was a little jealous. That was probably the first time ever. And okay. I, I mean, I've, I've talked to heads of state, you know, well, heads of companies. Okay. <laughs> so almost like this company, like, like this me? company. I've talked to Mike before and uh, heads talked of to state. other people. Uh, it, anyways, it's going to be a good show. Um, no, not, we'll see we've, we've gotten all the, the pasta talk out of the way. Let's do donkey time. There's a great meal. That's all I would love to you. know what donkey time entails because I have no idea. Rick Thomas had a phenomenal suggestion on Facebook. And like I said, it got a ton of engagements and comments. Podcast segment, I'd love to see who are the top. Well, we're not going to go by the number, but it's fine. He says like top five, ten, whatevers of biggest donkeys in the hobby. Not specific people. Biggest donkeys in his examples, like the Junk Wax 2.0 guy. 
the guy who pops in and just says, why don't you just buy singles? Oh. Anytime somebody buys wax and then shouts, let's go after a $5 card. <laughs> I thought this was phenomenal. Oh, I'm not prepared to rank these, though. We don't but, have to rank Okay, them. okay. Just overall. I had some things come to mind immediately that always make me laugh. Okay. Number one donkey yeah. guy in the hobby. Yeah. The hobby is ruined because of oh. X. Always the top of my but list. But that just encompassed so many of the donkeys, though. Like, that oh, is. Oh, yeah. It's just like almost like the overall negative take right off the bat without any actual evidence of it. That is that's a donkey, but it, I think you encompassed it well. Yeah, because the hobby is more alive and well now than almost ever before. Even even healthier than it was two years ago. Yeah, because we yeah. don't have the spikes, and yet no matter what, it's well, this is ruined the hobby or ruining the hobby, and it's like nothing's ruined. It's it's it, not the hobby you grew up with. But that's the problem is. for them. It's if it's not what I'm used to, then it's ruined. Yeah, yeah, they're stupid. That's okay. Okay, so that's a good one. That's a good way to start it off because that is probably predominantly what we see the most. I um, I don't know. I think like the if you don't have any, I don't. No, no, no take I think your time the, I got a you bunch. named off a few of them, but I'm thinking of ones that we see more in like our in our own group, like the. But I think this is worldwide. The shaking, like the I'm I'm shaking. I don't like know when such, this took over, just when oh. everybody makes such a big deal out of. A hit, even if it's a big hit, and maybe I get it. Here's the thing. Here, there's a caveat to everything I say almost all the time. And in the caveat in this case is if you're in a big room, you're selling to these people, your job is to get people excited. Your job is to pump it up. I understand that. But do it with just an ounce of self-respect when you know it's like a $2 card and it's like, oh, yeah, we hadn't gotten we've gotten straight garbage. And now we got something slightly above garbage. That is not a reason to celebrate. I will say this. The other the flip side of that, too, just to focus on breakers for a minute. The guys who celebrate the hits, if the Yankees cost $500 on a PYT and I pull a $200 Anthony Volpe card Mm -hmm. and they are celebrating and guys have started. I backyard used to say this like, oh, when you pull the card, Jesse owns the Colts. We just pulled an Anthony Rich. Jesse's paid. Like they would they would kind of use that expression, oh, uh-huh. which I'm OK with. People have started just to say that about everything now. And I'm like, just to be clear, 200 does not pay for 500. Yeah. If it's a 30 dollar team, you pull a 60 dollar hit. Go nuts. Guy sure. doubled his money. Fantastic. The over celebration of hits, though, based on price of team or spot. Even like in flawless breaks, I'll see guys pull a thousand dollar card. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this this flawless was a multi year mixer, and it was twenty five hundred a spot. You're still murdered. <laughs> like it's all in perspective. So those guys drive me absolutely nuts. Yeah, another um, another. By I the way, I would like to know another another you. total clown one. This is why I only buy vintage. Oh, the yeah. vintage guys I've always just found to be just get a little bit older and start fading away into the old oh. sunset. I love vintage. I don't mind if you're a vintage guy. OK, but when there's always this thought, well, vintage all the way. I got news for you. Two years ago, vintage pricing through the roof. People got murdered on that as well. Overall, yes, it's a safer investment and no one's arguing that. Yeah. But people got, took baths on vintage, too. Yeah, I don't care. The fact that you like old dudes on cards instead of young guys doesn't make you a better collector in person. I hate that attitude of like vintage or nothing drives me absolutely nuts. I do. Here's the th- problem with that though, is like there is a mindset of like, I, I appreciate vintage. And I think if you are skeptical of anybody who's still active in the hobby. Now, when I think of vintage though, that's the problem. I think of vintage, um, not in the terms of like 1950s and what, what, is, what would you say the time frame is for vintage? Pre-1970. Pre-1970. For me. Yeah. Although I, I consider the Larry Bird rookie of vintage just a 1980. I know part. that's the problem. Like there, there's such like a, a wide range of what is vintage. But I think if you are collecting well-established players, I don't have a problem with that. If that's all you want to do, that seems like it makes good sense to me. You're collecting well-established players. 
So if you're saying vintage as far as a time frame, I totally agree. But if you're saying you're only collecting well-established players, I think, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Even I don't, that, though, I don't, I don't care. That you, as a donkey. But I don't care if you're buying that just because somebody decides to buy into a break, though. What does it matter to you? Just shut up. <laughs> That's my point. Junk West. Don't share your opinion. Uh, this is the segment is if you're sharing your opinion, that is a donkey move. No, 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 no. If, if you're sharing, degree, it's if you're true. sharing the opinion though that my way is the only right way, one hundred percent. Yes. Oh, you bought a box. Should have bought vintage. I want my nine year old doesn't want an Ernie Banks card like Mark Gibson does. We Sorry. did establish later after yes uh, last week's episode. My dad did collect. Uh, Follow Ernie Banks, which was Mike's prediction Let's, to his credit. That was actually you, pretty good. Do you have the card with you? Would you share the uh, anniversary card? It came late. There was no call accompanying it, but you got the card. He did send a card as I, promised the text, and the I, card said what? He said, four words. Love Mark and Carmen. It was good. It was a nice. Listen, Junk I wax. talked to my dad about this right after I got the card. We talked for like thirty minutes, and I told him I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be one of these. Guys who doesn't have a, a ability to communicate with his father. I'm just going to say, and I uh, straight out, I was like, dad, listen, as I've gotten older, you have called less. You have taught, you've texted less. I want more communication that shows my dad still thinks about me. That's all. I, I, and then he laughed about it and I laughed about it. And he laughed and hung up. And now <laughs> we had a good little, he, he's like, you know, it was different when I was a kid, you know, my dad. But that stuff never happened. You know, I think I've come a long way. I agreed with him. It was a lot different. But, you know, now that uh, we're having this conversation, you guys on the audience, if you want more communication from your dad, just tell him. Just say it. Because I was fed up. I was just like, you know what, dad? Just do it. And he agreed. So there you go. Eddie, you can scrub that. No. Okay. Next guy, Junk Wax 2.0. I hate oh, these people too. The 2.0 junk. Yeah. Oh, it's just like every dude. There are a lot more people in the hobby. There are a lot of skews. The reason junk wax was junk wax is there was no chase. There was no numbering. There was zero scarcity at all. It doesn't mean that there are not more cards produced today. There probably are. And it doesn't mean there's not still issues with scarcity because there's sure base card. But, but, but there are a ton of things that are scarce. Yes, numbering, yeah. autographs, patches. That's the differentiator. That's what people always leave out of that argument. It's not just the sheer amount of cards. It's the fact that back then it was just producing the exact same cards, mm -hmm. period. No parallel, no refractor, no number, no nothing. Yeah. I think this when, is a totally different thing. I think people are just not really fully understanding what junk wax was. To your credit, you just described it very well, but they think it, you know, like in the last episode or maybe it was the one before that we talked about, are there too many one of ones? You know, it's like getting to the point where scarcity isn't as scarce. And that is where I think that junk wax 2.0 talk starts to come in, but the term really does not apply. I agree. No, not at all. Um, um, I also, I, I am always, I wouldn't say like I I'm completely tired of it, but I do not care for people sharing opinion, like a overly positive opinion on, um, I guess like their own personal collection when they're downplaying someone else's like, Oh, you have that. Well, I have this. It's like so much better. Oh, the flex. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the flex. Thank you. That's the best way to put it. Flexing on other guys because they have a better collection. Just be happy. Like if someone, I, this is a lot of this, I think for me, at least personally, I'm sure to Mike uh, as well. We have the one of the largest Facebook groups out there for cards. We have almost 100,000 people in it. We just see, passed 99 last night, by the I way. I know. It's, it will hit 100,000 this week. I'm archiving that thing soon. <laughs> we have gotten to the point where we see so many people say things and new and old, but if someone wants to post a card that they've 
had and they just saw and they fully appreciate and you've seen it a thousand times, that does not need, mean you need to come in there and flex and be like, oh, you like that? How about this? You know, just let them have their day. That's fair. Last one I have, the guy who celebrates the bad news, the amount of people gloating oh. that they never wasted money on Wander. Yeah. I'm like, you are just garbage. That's mean. Honestly. That's like, mean. dude, it's just like, yeah, I don't care. Good for you. You didn't do it. Like, hooray. You know how many people bought Wander and collected Wander and chased him and made money on him? Yeah. So what? The fact that you didn't doesn't mean you're smarter. Nobody predicted the guy was going to potentially have like a massive issue off the field and never play again. Those guys drive me absolutely nuts, too. The, the victory dances on the graves of others. I'm happy to dance on the graves of terrible people. But when it comes to like people collecting, and then you, I think that is just atrocious. I agree with that. There you go. Absolutely. Okay. Um, do, you have do, a sound talk- do you have a sound effect for that? Hit a sound effect. Hit, oh, hit the blue. What's man. the blue button do? Hit the blue I, button. Hit the blue one. This one or this one? There's two blue buttons. Hit the other blue one. That one's not useful. Yeah, there you go. Donkey of the week. Donkey's playing the drums. All right, Beckon news. Go ahead. You can unhit it now. Okay. Yeah, you don't need to. Play well, you the didn't whole. say unhit it. Um, I did want to talk about a little bit of football if we have a chance. But yeah, let's talk about the Beckett news. It, I would be completely shocked to see somebody in the audience has heard about this, unless you followed uh, Daryl Rebel. You're not going to see him. Well, sure. But if you came back and told me you were shocked as soon as you heard it come out of our mouths, uh, Beckett has let go their president as well as uh, another. What is his position? He was someone involved with their their app that they were trying to get Andrew started. Andrew Metal. He was so, the co-founder and CEO of Do Dilly. And he is basically... That was the app they bought that was going to be like a live, potentially like a live streaming. Yeah, he was the the person who oversaw... What an NFT talk with that too when they first bought it. Like it was gonna yeah, be- that's right. That's right. So he was the person who oversaw that aspect of the company. But the bigger news is that Jeremy Murray, who was the president of Beckett. He'd been with the company for like 18 years. He also just let, got let go. This is coming in such a quiet and private way that I am, I've got a lot of questions. There's, I just think it's interesting. Like there's if, some theories going around to by put myself. Pers- to put in perspective, if Nat Turner got fired or left collectible, I yeah. think it'd be all over the place. If if Pete from SGC left or got fired from SGC, oh, 100%. I, I think that would be all over the place. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like other people at companies. I don't know anybody at Panini like by name who would be in the public eye like that. Um, you know, if David Liner from Tops, something happened with him. Like, sure. like t- I think it is amazing. This has gone almost entirely. This happened un- a, under the record a week ago. It happened on the 16th. August 16th was when Darren Ravel tweeted about this. There is not a story. I can't find any news source. I can't find anything on Beckett's site. I can't find even other social media accounts picking this up. Would you notice what it said, though? It said they've informed their employees. These exactly. People are gone. There's not anything out there it about this. Um, and apparently they're saying, according to Ravel's post, is that the employees are disappointed because he was very well liked around the company. However, I, I mean, it's not to say, like, does it completely not make any sense? No, because you're also the present during the time where Beckett has gone from number two, I guess you could probably say as a grading company to no question back in 21, he was hired in early three 20. or four at this point. He was honestly. hired in early 21, I believe as the president he took on that role. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're coming right off the, the switch from, I mean, honestly, 2020 was a switch from PSA to, from Beckett being one to PSA being one. You had like the grading change fiasco that obviously didn't happen. You had uh, multiple opportunities to save face and to, you know, oh, hey, we made a mistake. Oh, you know, we're going to do this or that. 
there was really nothing. Like they just went silent. They also, the other thing too, though, that year, I believe it was 21 in August of 21. They bought the parent company of Beckett bought Southern hobby. There oh, has been uh, yeah. no, like I thought there was going to be like some sort of an, like, Hey, let's, let's great add some sort of a grading element to distribution yeah. or let's honestly, that's why we were talking to Beckett even back then of like, Hey, we have a small live streaming app. Mm-hmm. You guys should buy this distribute product direct to sellers there grade right off. The, like that made so much sense in the world to me. And at the time, all I got was like on a call with, with a couple other people from Beckett and the, and the Andrew from do Dilly guy, which I told you, I, yeah, not I wasn't, fan. I wasn't, imp- I mean, it's fine. I'm a jerk all the times. I wasn't impressed. I mean, he came into, to me when they made that acquisition, I was just like, what, for what? Like, yeah. well, I, what you, is know, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Do? I don't even like, <laughs> well, yeah. obviously that didn't work out. Uh, I think your call was probably right in that situation, but it, the, this is just really weird. Cause you would almost, especially before, before 2020, this would still have made news after 2020, when the hobbies exploded, this 100% should be out there. And the fact that it's not is really weird. I have a theory. I, okay, so Jesse prefaced this earlier. He has a conspiracy theory about this. Yeah, this is not even a theory. It and is he was conspiracy theory. Yeah, when he said it. So, if I hear one mention of aliens, you're getting your paid docs. As long as I don't say Kevin O'Leary, I think we're going to be fine. Oh, God. Kevin O'Neill <laughs> uh, was uh, a gentleman who worked for Tops for a number of years. Very as as well known at Tops as anybody, by the way. Yeah, I think he was the director of hobby sales. Uh, I, and we've met. He seems like a very nice guy. Always been great to us. Yep. Um, he moved over to Beckett in August of this year mm-hmm. as vice president of sales. Not August. No, yeah. he's been over there for a couple months. According to his LinkedIn, it says August 2023. When oh, he so maybe he just made the move, but it wasn't official. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, by the way, that uh, Jeremy, his LinkedIn still says he's the president, and Twitter, nothing. The no. Most disturbing about thing about all. that Jeremy LinkedIn. Oh, J E R O M E Y. Jeremy. I don't. I don't. Maybe we're just pronouncing it. Maybe it is Jeremy. Even That'd less be reason to hire him. Honestly, I would have fired him years ago. <laughs> My conspiracy theory. Yep. Kevin O'Neill is a plant from fanatics to bring down Beckett from within to drive their costs lower. So they're more affordable for an acquisition by fanatics. Dun, dun, dun. Fanatics goes in and buys Beckett grading and buys Southern hobby as well for the distribution. Get them all, get it all in one. What's the name of the, can you find this out? The name of the parent company of Beckett and Southern hobby. I would like to know who that is. Okay. Cause that company's got to be, I mean, Beckett's got to be worth a couple hundred million. Well, I don't know anymore. And Southern Hobby, I have no idea what the value of that company is. Because um, distribution's obviously taken a massive yeah, hit. But they do a thing. ton of non-sports as well. Yeah, okay, that's a solid point. Gaming is big over there. Even like board games, they still distribute, I think. Oh, here you go. Here you go. Uh, Entrust Global Group. That's the name of the company that acquired Southern Hobby. Nice. Okay. I'm doing your job, man. Uh, well, I I, I'd like to know what... There's the number one wholesale distributor. They joined Beckett, Dragon Shield... To create a collect, so Beckett and Dragon Shield were the two brands they already owned. This in Trust Global Group, um, and then they now own Southern Hobby as well. So, there you go. That's that's my conspiracy theory, Mike. What are your thoughts on that conspiracy I'm reading, theory? Let's keep talking for a second, if you would. Okay, great. So I'll just continue to dive into what I've already discussed. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin O'Leary or Kevin? Dang it, I did do it. Nice. Kevin O'Neill. Uh, this is. This could be complete. It's more than likely complete nonsense. It's just an interesting thing because when you see a company that was uh, considered in 
most cases, the second largest grader, one of someone with a lot of respect, a lot of people still respect Beckett, even after they've fallen to some degree, it is very, I guess, circumstantial as to why they would not do things to take action to make themselves uh, look better in the public eye, hire a better PR team, make some changes, just ask their general customers of, hey, what should we do? It's almost like they listened because they I did see that they asked at some point and then went completely silent and they can say, oh, well, we tried. We reached out and then they did nothing because they were actually wanting to do something else, which was make themselves a position for a buyout. I don't know. That's complete. That could be complete nonsense. I like it. And trust, by the way, is worth about 17. It has about 17 billion dollars in assets. It says this company. OK, uh, I don't know much else about them. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. So that's what's are they in uh, a publicly traded company? Do you know? Oh, look. I believe they are private and a private equity firm. It looks like, but I don't really understand okay. most of what I'm reading. I wasn't expecting to go down this road. I like this. So your thought is he, Kevin goes over there. That, that can't be, I mean, it. That but here's not the thing, real, but I do, but, but hang on. maybe they did know, like maybe they've, they've already been in talks about it. Okay. Cause yeah, him going over there as a plant yeah. makes no sense to me, but, but him going over there, maybe as part of a bigger plan, I could see yes. no, and not even in a malicious way, just, Hey, go to this company, exactly get to work. Cause our plan down the road is to make an acquisition or something big here. I I'm, guess I, I, if I'm, if I'm fanatics, by the way, I'm not buying a grading company. I don't think you need to. There's enough reason to keep separate. And if I am buying a grading company, I'm buying SGC. Yeah. But at this point, they are buying up every aspect of the hobby. Why would it make it would make perfect sense for them to go after a grading, which is the probably the biggest part of the hobby that they don't have a foothold in. That's fair. You're not buying distribution, though. Like, I can't I can't imagine that. Happens. You would think they already have it. Well, they already do. I mean, they're already distributing. So that's what I mean. Like, they already have the the foundation to be able to add in cards, shipping out cards, uh, especially they have international too. but buy a grading company. Huh? Maybe. I'm not saying it's wrong, by the way. I have no idea. You heard it from Sports sports Boy first here, people. Just go ahead and take that. All right. Our guest is about to join us. That was your conspiracy theory with Beckett. Um, let's let's find out more people. If you guys have any details, let us know. Uh, the only thing with football is just, obviously, we got preseason going on. There's a lot of uh, interesting uh, takes going on right now. I think a lot of people are happy to see uh, Luck doing somewhat decent. Not Luck. What? Dang it. I I was so confident I was not going to say this. Um, I get stuck in my head for whatever reason. Jordan Love and Luck, it, it flips in my mind. Do you know Luck's first name? Andrew. Nice. Yeah. Look at you. I don't like to brag about it, but I do know people's other so names. Scott o- Kevin so Scott O'Leary anyways, Jordan and Love, Andrew Luck. Got it. Jordan Love, uh, people are getting excited about. His pricing has started to go up a little bit. Actually, he's starting to outprice uh, a couple quarterbacks in his same uh, category. So the 2020 quarterbacks, he is now outpricing Tua by about 20, uh, 30% or so. Makes sense. Yep. So sure. I, I hated to and say Jay, that. I he's know probably catching big, up to Jalen Hurts, isn't he? He is getting closer to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has pulled away. He and Herbert are, the fact that Herbert is still outselling Hurts is just so ridiculous I'm okay to with me. that because Herbert has a crazy high ceiling and talent. Jordan Love, I think, has talent. I just, I don't know. He's $74 for his, again, we're just going off of 2020 Prism, PSA 10s. So it sells for $74. That is up. He was selling closer to like 50s, 60s, lower 60s, uh, up until the last good few weeks. 
Um, then Tua, unfortunately, he's stuck in the 53, 50 to $55 range. I'm in on Tua. I know you are. I'm very curious to see what happens there. Uh, the other weird thing we were talking about before the show, Trevor Lawrence. So someone reached out to this. If you guys have any experience with this, uh, we'd love to hear about it. But he had mentioned that the pricing on PSA 10s is coming down as far as it relates to PSA 9s or raw. He said typically you would see a PSA 10 being about 3x, which you'd see as a PSA 9. But he's starting to see more and more it being 2 or 2.5x. Two I started looking into this, and when I, the first card I looked at was Trevor Lawrence's 2021 Prism PSA 10. That is a bad example to start with. Correct. Because Trevor Lawrence PSA 10 goes for $331, while his PSA 9 goes for $38. I have to assume that card is just very hard to 10 because there's only, I mean, there, there's a low pop, especially for a modern car. There's only 247 of them versus the nine. That's weird where there's to me, too. 1,400 of I, them. I, about. I don't understand it. But it's just weird because everything, like, why is that specific card harder to 10? Because, like, you go to Justin Fields, Justin Fields tins, he's got, like, 1,900 of them. So there's, there's something to be said about this. We'd love to hear more research if you guys have any. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That has brought us to our special Hang on, guest I've, I've got the intro to this. Oh. And now it's time for Jesse's Man Crush. It's hit not the, that the, weird, the, bro. the blue one. The blue one. The, the blue, blue one. one. There you there go. You go. Nice. Nicely done. Uh, Scott oh. Rogowski from Fanatics Live. How the heck are you, man? I'm fantastic. I'm Fanatics. Tick, tick. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing so good. As formerly mentioned, he was also part of uh, one of the my favorite apps of all time, Privy HQ. Uh, look, Scott at her, Rogowski, look at your cheeks. I'm not. It's not that weird. I'm not being weird it's about rosacea, it. It's rosacea, Mike. It's rosacea. It is. Thanks a lot. Oh, it's, it's a medical condition. Would you make fun of me if I was in a wheelchair? No. Yes, absolutely. You would. You would absolutely. You'd be rolling around doing your thing, living the dream. <laughs> I, I hope Mike appreciates my, my uh, description, my title here. This is an homage to... Uh, so your description of me <laughs> with on that famous episode, hair. July 13th. Did I say, who said that? I host. swear to God, that he listens host. to every episode. <laughs> if I can recreate it here, this is an amazing moment for me. That host, he starts off with just, that host. Who, who is that guy in the middle with the goofy hair? Oh my God, I don't ever need to see that guy in a break again. <laughs> and Jesse goes, I actually don't mind him. That I'm was like, actually before I knew who you were. I just guy, knew you looked familiar. The guy pulls at Albert Pujols, Savage Patch, and Scott is yelling at some prospect <laughs> off the field, not paying attention. This is not a me problem. Don't you I dare like her, speak ill of Scott. Per my instructions from the producer. That, Let's just put me in that. with the producers, the you true idiots what? of the situation. I am now, I've moved on. <laughs> Scott is on my great list. I'm, yes, he's, thank anybody you. Who Don't you, you dare. Tr yeah, trust me. Anybody Don't. you admire as much as Scott, I'm not going to insult again. So, uh, Scott, is what's your official title with Fanatics Live? That's a great question. Uh, I, I, I believe it's creative consultant, perhaps, oh, slash okay. host. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been consulting and hosting, so that's, that's, that's what I've been doing. That's pretty um, awesome, though, that not, you... I'm not sure how to officialize it. 
so you got pulled in now. I believe I talked to some guys over at Top Set. You were buddies with, with was it Jeremy? Um, Mustache Jeremy. Jeremy yeah. Fullerton that you were buddies with that you guys used to. I think Jeremy even mentioned he got one of the first copies of Trivia HQ when you were working over there. And yeah. you used to work for Tops, right? Is that right? You got one of the first copies hot off the press. That's cool. Very cool. <laughs> wait, wait, what do you mean copies? I thought it was just an app. It is an app. It's an app. Yeah, it's oh, not okay, real. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. But it was an early adopter is what you mean. That's what I, I meant understand to the say. metaphor. Thank you. I, understand I got the you. Yes. Uh, no, Jeremy Jeremy, and, and so many of those guys are still there. I mean, Clay. I, I was working under Clay back then. You and, met Clay? Uh, sure. It's the guy who at the Clay. piano bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Clay. Yes. And my buddy, I got a shout out Colin Butler, who was... One of my, so I came in, I worked at Tops in 2010, okay? And I was one of the, like the lowest men on the totem pole. The first job you can get there, which is called editor, which sounds like a pretty big job, right? Oh, yeah. Basically, I was the guy, I was the guy along with my buddy Colin next to me. We would sit there and we get the set list from the, you know, brand managers. And here's the, here's, here's the set. Here are all the players in it. Here are the designs from the designers. Now go find the photos and plug them in. It was literally just picking photos for the card. But to me, that was like the biggest role right because the card itself the way the card looked depended on myself my, my decision awesome. my artistic choice i chose the photo cool. cropped it into the card and Dude, boom the card that, was made it was off to the presses so you know like the fact that that's the lowest paid <laughs> entry-level job at tops at the time uh i was like wait a minute this doesn't seem right this that, should be this a lot of questions most yeah. iconic <laughs> photo that you were in charge of selecting anything Ooh. like jump off okay the page? okay so here, here you go. Ready? This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a great. I, I'm expecting sales of 2010 Tops Heritage to jump through the roof after this episode airs. I'm googling it right now. Oh, I'm ready to 2010 pump and dump the crap Tops out of this. Heritage Baseball. Yep. I'm pumping and dumping now. Yep. <laughs> 2010 <laughs> Tops Heritage Baseball was a set. You know, every year Tops Heritage obviously pays homage to the set from I guess 50 years prior, whatever it is. Yep. So in 2010, I'm trying to think. I think it was 1962 Tops. Okay. That was the 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 design we were mimicking. Okay. So the design was the the wood border design. What I did, which I don't think any other editor had done previously or probably since I left is because I'm such a card nerd myself and such a, I mean, collecting for 30 years, 30 plus years. My dad had all the 62 tops cards. So I went back to the original 62 top set and I tried to find cards to match the exact, uh, you know, framing and format of the original player. So if a player, you know, based on the card, so if card 17 in that set, whoever card 17 to 2010 heritage was, I chose a photo that would mimic whether it was, you know, a close up photo of a guy without a hat on. I found a shirt without a, a picture without a hat on or, you know, a, a photo of a guy with a bat in his hand in a batting stance. I found a photo to match that. I tried to match it as best I could with the photos I had available. That's, so that's a little Easter egg that probably nobody knows about. I was about set. to say, has anyone ever said congratulations? That was so well done. Has anyone noticed no. that you did that? Oh, nobody man. cared. Nobody noticed. But that's that's they fine. It was for me. Oh, they're about it to was there. for me and yeah. me alone. This oh, okay. 1961 the is the top set. Oh, um, now, now I got to verify this. 61 is the one that 2010 mimics. Card number one is Albert Pujols. Now you're going to go back. Well, I'm going to find well, it. Was, yep. Hold on a second. Uh, before, I, before I get this wrong. So then it was 2011. My bad. It was 2011 Tops Heritage. So 62 that was released Tops. On, the I was grain. working on it in 2010. It was released in March 21, 2011. So it's the 2011 Tops Heritage set. It's it was definitely the 62 together. design that I was, I was working on. Mike but basically that whole set, Tops Heritage 2011, those are my photos, my crops. That's my set. I, I'm very proud of that set. I've always wanted I to work. have someone on who did that okay. job. Okay. The fact that you were just this happened is, to be that. This is pretty. I'll be honest with you. Me and Scott have come full circle now. <laughs> this is actually pretty ridiculous. I am looking at the vintage. Don't set. you dare steal my best friend, bro. God. Well, I don't have any. No, I, I'm still happily married to my wife. I'm not thinking of leaving for Scott. 
But I will say this is actually pretty impressive. The Freddie Freeman is identical. Okay, this is pretty good. You can carry on with your whatever you want to talk about. I don't care anymore. Now I'm just I, got be, him. I got him geeking out. This I is know pretty, I this is actually pretty good. Okay. Um so let's you've been collecting and you also own a shop right now in LA that is uh is it memorabilia, sports memorabilia? What is your shop about? It's primarily vintage clothing, hats, jerseys, jackets, t-shirts, and it's and I would say it's probably 75% sports. I do have a whole band tee collection. I've got, you know, random tees and Oh, cool. You know, colleges and stuff. But I would say between college sports, pro sports, probably 70, 75 percent. And and it and it's you know, I have some vintage cards, some packs of 91 skybox basketball, 90 score hockey, 91 tops just to, you know, have some some impulse buys for the kids or whatever. Three bucks a pack or something cheap. But uh, but that's yeah, it's mostly clothing. That's so cool, though. What, um, what's the name of it? I just want to plug it in case anyone is in the elevator. Quiz Daddies. Quiz Daddies. That, that was your thing. That was Quiz. Everybody called you Quiz Daddy when you were on the, the show. That's hilarious. Yeah. And that name evolved because it was originally uh, Quiz Daddy's Closet when I was doing I started it pretty much after. One of my biggest regrets, by the way, I had an audience of millions on HQ. Yeah. And I didn't do anything with it. Never promoted yourself. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the minute I leave, the minute I leave, <laughs> I go, you know, I have all these vintage clothing that I've been collecting over the years. Maybe I should start selling it. And uh, I started the Instagram page after I left. Very, very difficult to grow that thing where you're not broadcasting in front of millions anymore. They didn't have you back on Good Morning America to talk about it. Oh, no, 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 they, no, That's no, stupid. no, no. <laughs> the press sort of dried up at around the same time. But uh, but Quiz Daddy's Closet became Quiz Daddy's. I just shortened it. I rebranded it and I feel good about it. I got a shop. I opened the shop in uh, March of 22 in Santa Monica, 2525 Main Street. And it's been going well. It's supposed to be a three month experiment. And it lasted, it's lasted 18 months now. It's going so well. The community loves it. I've regulars coming back i've got tourists coming in and loving it so that's so cool you guys you, gotta check it out when you're in la do you break out of there i saw like when uh, i was watching that trivia hq documentary on hbo I, at the very end they were like kind of showing where you are now and it looked like you were doing breaks in the actual storefront yeah i experimented a little bit i, I, was, I was working for some other breaking platforms back at the time and what i wanted to do and what i still want to do is is create make, make my store or you know create a space where you can have athletes come hang out break, talk, sign autographs, you know, back, back in my day. And I, I assume it still happens at hobby shops where, where they still exist. They'd get athletes to come to the store as a promotional thing. You can sign I met Chris Mullen at a yeah. card shop in like East Chester, New York. Um, Bob, some of them, you know, you don't have to be a big name. I think like Dave Malicki, Mets pitcher, 1993, Dave Malicki was signing cards. I'm like, sure. I was nine years old. I'm going to go see Dave Malicki and get an autograph. Yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, First Dave Maliki reference on the pod, by the way. That's a it's a Easter shame. Eggs and it took almost there's three your, years. There's your name of the pod today. Easter eggs and Maliki. Go spell Dave. Try spelling Dave Maliki if you can. I'm on it. And, and by the way, great immaculate grid player Dave Maliki. He bounced. Oh. He bounced around a fair amount. Wow. Okay. So I have. I I will say I have sworn off immaculate grid. Oh, you don't know, because oh. you get them all wrong. I suck <laughs> at immaculate grid. Oh, I'm really good at it. I just Google everything and I find it really fast. So yeah, you're not yeah. yeah, a good, like you're a good person. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So you. You have You've no integrity, got, but, just none. But I want to bring, but to, to close the loop on that, <laughs> Sorry. I wanted to bring, you know, I had like athletes. I met a guy who repped some, some, some Rams players and some, I guess, Yancy Almonte on the Dodgers came by one time and we kind of did a little break chasing the player's rookie card from whatever it was. I think we had two, two Atwell on the, on the Rams and we broke like 20, 20 score or 20, 21 score, whatever it was. And then we hit his card. He'd sign it live. Oh, that's and cool. And we gave, you know, yeah, yeah, it was cool, cool man. And chat that's him up, cool. you know, so. I want to I want to do that with Fanatics Live is is my plan now. We're working on it. Um, so, what are any future plans for Fanatics Live that you're involved with at this point? Oh my gosh, so many. 
Yeah. So many. Can you so I know, I know Nick Bell. Yeah, break I listened something. to Nick Bell. He was a little tight-lipped on it. Yeah, Nick uh, is a little. Here's the deal with he Nick. He said though, when we had you on, you could say whatever you yeah, wanted, here, and it was here's okay. Here's the problem with Nick: right. little, little too well spoken, a little too media trained for my liking. <laughs> you like to find someone who's going to let something slip. I want somebody who's going to say a few things they're not supposed to. Yeah, you didn't even laugh at any of my inappropriate jokes. There was nothing. Yeah, it was really he is weird. The CEO. I he know. is the CEO. You got to respect know. the CEO. Not to mention at 16, he's doing stuff like more than any of us ever. Like literally just you know, oh, yeah. exits from companies. I was like at 16, <laughs> I was at Papa Gino's. So, I mean, that's the thing. The guy, the guy's absolutely brilliant. And his resume is, is just sparkling. And, and the team he's brought in, because I'm not supposed to mention other platforms, but okay. I will say I worked for some other platforms. You can name other, them. It's okay. You know, we name names here. I'll just say I've worked for two others in the space. Okay. okay. And I can tell you, you know, from my personal experience, that the teams that they had around sports cards specifically just did not know anything about sports cards. All right. I, I mean, like, like, yeah. like those those apps were not built right. for yep. breaking. They were not built for sports cards. Built by tech so, people. By tech people who, who were yeah. like Funko Pops. Yep. You know, or, or whatever. So, I mean, so, so like at some point you go, well, I mean, why did they even get into sports cards? Well, I guess they saw the money being made and it was kind of an opportunistic thing. Like, let's yeah. jump in there and do it. But they truly, the people at the top just don't know anything about it. I mean, I'm sure they've learned over time by now, but at the beginning. So what's what's amazing about Fanatics Live is this is an app that, you know, Nick has brought together a team. First of all, it's in Fanatics, like just bought tops and all, all, all that collectibles, you know, business involved with it. But these are people who are passionate about cards, who actually know cards, who know breaking. It's you know, our little catchphrase, which is a little cliche. It's like built for breaking by people who know breaking, right? And it's and that's what I'm, I'm so excited about. And that's where the potential is because we've already seen like the, the people we've onboarded, the breakers we've onboarded, the partners we have, and, and they're giving us feedback and, and our feedback loop is so tight where they say, Hey, you know, it'll be great. Like this other app doesn't do this for us. We want it. We want it on this app and boom, we make it happen for them. And we've seen such incredible growth That's over. Cool. I mean, really we've only been live for about a month. I think like we've yeah. well, less, if you think about it, what the national was three weeks ago. Yeah. Well, less, I, so, I mean, we're, because what was the with the All Star game was oh that wasn't the actual it was just a beta yeah that was yeah, like yeah. beta All Star was like the beta thing you know very, not even a month. invite only but but so really yeah it's been, it's been about a month of being like fully fully live and to see the growth we've had in that month and 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 the partners how much money they're making frankly and how well everybody's doing it's really uh, really encouraging to see and we're just starting you know what my role is primarily about is coming up with kind of this original programming element so last week was the debut last Thursday. I debuted, speaking of Immaculate Grid, I had an idea for a show called The Immaculate Rip, based on taking that day's Immaculate Grid, let's rip a box, let's fill out the grid with the cards we hit from the box. And if you hit a player that corresponds to a grid, you get a prize. Oh, you know? And then we, cool. at the end of the show, we gave out a grand prize for whoever who completed the grid, the ninth person to, 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 to fill that spot, won a whole box of cards. So Man, we did this with vintage cool. boxes. We're going to do it on Thursday night with football, Mike. I know you're a football guy. So Thursday night, we're going to do it again with a, with a vintage football box and we're going to give away, you know, football cards. And it's just that type of show. And by the way, it was a straight up giveaway show. We didn't make any money on it. It's not about making money. It's about having fun, sharing the passion for it, letting people win free stuff. Who doesn't like to win free stuff? And uh, those are the types of shows that, that I was brought on board to kind of develop and host and, and curate this slate of original programming. And I've got, you know, many, many more ideas. And the team has lots and lots of ideas that we're going to start implementing uh, as we move, you know, move into the rest of the year into the beyond. That sounds really cool. It sounds like you have a lot of autonomy as far as like using your original ideas for this. Do do you have much pushback, or is it like, hey, this is my idea, we're running with it? Jesse, it, 
I, I'm getting get a, get a little emotional here talking about it because <laughs> I, I've been on this journey now for, I mean, really three years. And I left HQ in 2019, March 2019. So it's been like, you know, four years since I left there. But even when I was at HQ, I actually had an idea for an auction, a live auction app back in 2018. You know, I'm seeing all of a sudden I'm hosting HQ and I'm seeing the potential of live streaming. And I'm going, I've been on eBay since 1998. Okay. I'm like, if eBay, if I can just create an app where it's eBay live with live auctions and people, I'm showing things off on screen like QVC and, and you can bid live. Like this will be a major, major concept. Of course, you know, I actually did. I actually partnered with a guy and, and we tried to get some of the ground, but you know, it didn't really go anywhere. Look, look, lo and behold, you know, other apps kind of came up and, and, and took that mant mantle. But um, I've basically been thinking about this space for years and then specifically thinking about card based shows, hobby game shows, if you can call it. And, mm. you know, I tried it at the first app I worked at. They were not, you know, they, they hired me to ostensibly do that. And then two months into my contract, they, they let me go. They wait said, we're minute, pivoting. Wait a minute. Were you with Collectible? Is that where we knew you from? Well, actually, I'm not even counting Collectible, but I was I was working for Collectible, but that, that's not even one of the companies I'm talking about. That's where I met. That's where we met Scott originally. He was hosting the yeah. trivia thing for Collectible. That's right. Wait. Oh, my God. And I didn't even recognize that's Easter egg. insane. Boom. Okay. I don't go know, ahead. Another I'm one. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, Scott. Sorry. Yeah, I got carried well, off. Well, 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 that's a whole separate. Yeah, you know, Ezra Levine, I went to high school with Ezra, great guy. What? And, and he was doing he was doing Collectible. And uh, he's like, hey, you want to host some trivia shows for for. You know, I mean, it wasn't really part of their business. That was also kind of a promotional thing. Sure. But um, it was that was super fun to do. But anyway, the other apps I worked for, you know, they, they, they sort of pivoted. They told me they were pivoting away from originals and, and they really haven't done it since. So I guess they, they were being serious about it. They kind of focused on their platform. Yeah. Um, I went to another company and, and that started off really well. We had a studio and we were doing these live shows and I kind of created they gave me sort of free reign and they supported me for, for the beginning. And then it, and then I guess they sort of uh, pivoted as well. Jeez. And decided to, uh, you know, save some money and, and drop the studio. But look, I'm ending up here and I could not be in a better situation with Fanatics with, with, you know, the money they have and they're willing to invest, the reach they have, the brand, you know, quality and the brand leverage they have. And for them to come to me and the respect they have for me, which is really what it comes down to. And like you said, the autonomy to say, Scott, we know what you're capable of. We know what you did at HQ. You know, we know you can command these audiences. We know you're likable despite Mike. You know, yeah. maybe having some issues with you. Um, there's, maybe there's one guy in Tennessee who doesn't like you. But besides him, there's everybody else. My in the dad world is does. not a fan either. Shut no, I'm up. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and basically, they're saying, Scott, we, you know, we, we want to support you. We want to give you a team to make this work. And that's what they're doing. Like last week, they just said, yeah, go ahead and do it. You want to do the show? Immaculate Creative. I mean, probably half of them didn't even understand what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but they, but they, they, they said, trusted. Hey, you, you believe in it? Go for it. And we did it. And it was a massive success. We had like 250 concurrents. Man. watching the show for an hour Man. and 45 minutes. And, uh, and so, so now all I have to do is kind of prove out slowly that these things are going to work, Yeah, which I've started to do. And I, I, I'm super confident that, that this is going to be a partnership that lasts a long time. And I really couldn't be happier to be anywhere else. Okay. I, I do have like completely off the wall side question. So when you uh, Google Scott Rogowski, you still come up as comedian as well. Do you do any stand up at this point? I mean, stand up specifically, like I've done a couple of shows here and there. I moved to LA two years ago, like, you know, peak pandemic pretty much, um, two and a half years ago. And so, you know, the clubs were not really active at the time. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, back in New York, I did a couple like rooftop shows. My buddy Sam Morell would be like, Hey, you want to host, you want, you want to, you want to open for me on a rooftop? I'd be like, yeah, sure. Uh, those, those were fun, but it was a weird time. And I mean, I, I actually thought like comedy might be dying at that point. 
So I, I sort of, I sort of, to be honest, I sort of like, you know, I, I mean, look, everybody's, you know, Sam's doing phenomenal. He's touring, selling out everywhere. Comedy certainly hasn't died. Live shows are, 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 are back. I just personally have sort of uh, focused on, on, you know, the, the, the companies that I'm working for, like the tech space. Cause that's the thing about HQ. When I, when I joined HQ, I was doing comedy. I was doing stand up. I was doing my live talk shows for, for 12, 13 years prior to that. And then I got this HQ gig and I was, I was like the last guy you'd probably want you know, in the tech world. Cause I, I just, I didn't even have an Instagram account when I joined HQ in 2017. Didn't even have one. I, I didn't care. I don't, I didn't have Snapchat. I, I like, don't, I'm not a tech guy. Sure. Frankly. Like I don't, I don't, you know, like social media. I don't enjoy what technology has <laughs> done. Mike's liking you more and more. The more he talks, the more I am really starting. I'm telling you, he's a good guy. Keep it going. But, but I, but I joined HQ and then all of a sudden I'm sort of opened up to this, this, this world that I didn't know it really frankly existed that people do use their phones quite frequently. They're sort of glued to the, the live streaming aspect to it. And I saw the potential of it. And, and I guess there, there was always this conflict at HQ, like, is this a media company? Is this a tech company? Because yeah. I came from the media world, the entertainment world. The founders came from the tech world. And that sort of tension, unfortunately, sort of spelled the demise of the company ultimately. But what I took away from it was, I got all my friends still doing stand-up, doing open mics, doing shows, you know, trying to get the late night spot on, on Fallon or Kimmel or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm making pretty good money in this tech space, getting to do my jokes. Like yeah. I, I got an HQ. I was basically doing stand up, you know, ma- oh, making yeah. people was- laugh. Like I couldn't hear them laughing, but. But you were so witty in like your improv, your improvisational skills are so good that it's like this man has to have come from comedy. When you when I saw you on there, it's like this guy has got the confidence and what seems like the experience that he doesn't stutter. He doesn't stammer when he's in front of a camera because there's no way that could have been all scripted. Or at least I assume it wasn't. No, I mean, and it comes from the fact that I yeah, I've been doing live performances for over a dozen years at that point. So, you know. Again, like I kind of I kind of had to take a I think part of growing up is, is is learning your strengths and just kind of figuring out, you know, a career. Because look, when I started this called comedy journey back in, in 2005, like in college, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know what, what, where it was where it was going to go. Could I make a career as a stand up? You know, you start going open mics, you start meeting other comics and you guys you look around, and you realize like, hmm, there are 45 year old guys on the same show with me as a 22 year old who don't seem to be progressing very much. There are these road dogs, they call them, guys who go to the Cleveland Funny Bone and the Ha Ha Clubs and, you know, maybe they make a couple grand a weekend or something, and, but they're on the road 40 weekends a year. Man. <laughs> like, is that the life I want? I started looking around. So even back then, I started realizing, you know, if I'm going to be successful in my life and my career in this business, I got to figure it out. And that's where I first started with the talk show space. I started producing my own talk shows. I had a sports comedy show called 12 Angry Mascots. And we interviewed Very cool. now Hall of Famer Darrell Revis was one of my guests back in 2009. No way you got Revis. Yeah. You know, who Revis I got is? Revis in 2009. I got David Deal from the Giants. I had Chris Duhon. I had, you know, you know, well, I was in New York. So a lot of like Knicks, Rangers, Jets and Giants players, Amani Toomer, Jeff Nelson from the Yankees. Um, but I was doing those shows for three years. Then I did my running late with Scott Rogowski show for another 10 years. So I was doing that kind of stuff. And then again, HQ came along and I had another pivot point for me when I go. I think there's some potential in this live streaming space. I think I'm pretty good at it and it, it's fun for me to do. And so I think I'm going to focus on this rather than the stand up route or even like I stopped doing my talk show at that point because I go, I'm doing this talk show. Yeah, it's fun to do, but I'm entertaining 100 people, 200 people. I'm spending 40 hours working on it and I'm promoting it and booking guests. It was like so much work, you know? Yeah. And it just, it, it just came to a point where I said, like, I'm, I'm 
I, I need to kind of grow up and, and, and take a sober look at my career. And honestly, I think, um, I think it's all working out. I, I couldn't be happier. I, yeah, I would have to say take the stability in that case. Obviously, we're benefiting from it. The people in the hobby are benefiting from it. So we appreciate it. Is Snapchat the thing where the messages disappear? Is that what Snapchat is? That, that is a feature. Yes, absolutely. My my daughter would view it as the picture taking app where it just changes your face. Oh, it takes pictures, to too. Yeah, they got a lot of filters. It can be fun. I've, I've used them on you. You like them. Um, Scott, right. if you ever want to be third man in on a podcast well, and want to move to Nashville, I'm just saying. Like, he a, why would he have to move? Well, you obviously like him. Why does he have to move, though? He doesn't have to move here. Do you have any kids, I think Scott? it would work well. No kids. Oh, no, he's, no he's out on the next pod. Never mind. All right, that's fine. Yeah, we have a second pod coming. We've got a new but... project coming, but you, you, no, nope. oh, yeah. procreate and we'll talk about it. Yeah, it does. It is a requirement, unfortunately. Pods. Are the Nashville Sounds still around? Bro, you know the Nashville Sounds? Yeah. yeah. Are you that excited about the baseball? They are still Just around. The fact that it's so weird. How are do you we know getting, the Nashville Sounds? I think we're getting a pro. Nah, don't. Are we not we, getting a pro everybody, team? Everybody, they talk about for years we're getting a pro I team. I thought we were getting an expansion They team are a here. pro team. They've mentioned Nashville is on the short list, Nashville or Vegas for the next expansion team. Yeah, I'd I probably be Vegas from what's going on there with the plans for the A's to move. It's a shame. But, that uh, place should just be but Nashville, away with. Nashville's a good sport. I got the, pre- by the way, Predators, really? We're going to name a team the Predators? You know why, though, yeah. right? When they were digging out the area for the stadium, they found a saber-toothed tiger skeleton in the remain or like in the rubble. And that's where they got the name you from. You being serious? Yeah, in, in I the, swear. In the mouth of that saber tooth tiger was a DVD of To Catch a Predator. <laughs> yeah. And then seasons one through three. And Chris like, Hansen I mean, started walking around. We were we like, wait a minute. Yeah, Chris Hansen, the mascot. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it, one of the com- actually, we had him on. Wasn't Aaron Weber the guy, the comedian who made those joke at the Bugatti show? Oh, he it was wasn't like, him. It was one of his buddies. Who, oh, he's like, yeah. it's always great being a Predators fan until you start walking around like a zoo in you know Ohio and, and you're sure I'm a Predators fan. You're standing around a bunch of nine year olds. Yeah. It doesn't play as well in public. We love having Bargassi, uh, by the way. Great. He's a national guy. He's a great dude. Nate's a Mount Julia guy. Yeah, Nate's, Nate's blown up. We had Aaron Weber on the show. Weber, I'm a fan of Weber. We've had Weber and uh, we had um, Dusty oh, Slay, Dusty one of my Slay, favorite which is, yeah, I wish he would get more He's play. got his whole podcast network there, right? I used to play basketball with Nate back in Astoria, Queens, back in the day when he was in New York. Listen, I'm just saying, league. you can do the live thing from here for Fanatics. You got, we play basketball you got twice Bergazzi a week. Bergazzi over here. You can join in on his 6 a.m. at East Park. And we come got over basketball. to our podcast, bro. This this is a win-win-win. You would drop me in a freaking heartbeat. <laughs> I know how disloyal you are. I wouldn't drop you. I'm just oh, saying. I would that be having, out. Obviously, we still need your knowledge, bro. You're still I in. Think, You're I think this would be in. a perfect two-man show. Don't you dare. The Scott and Sausage Finger Show. <laughs> I got That's the right. name for you. There you go. Hey, as as Scott Scott and I as a team don't like when you say that to me. Okay, so we we would. Like Daddy, you would you like some that. sausage? <laughs> Maybe he does like. Dang it, Scott! Don't you do this to me. Scott, Mike all has right. a nice ring to it. All of a sudden, third man out. Um, uh, is Pancake right. Pantry still in business? That's going to be oh, the deciding Pancake fact. Pantry's Actually, here? they are still in business, but they've got some rivals these days. But no, no one coming down for their uh, pancake throne. That's for sure. A couple other breakfast yeah, right. spots that are hot. Um, also got a shout right. out Vanderbilt. I got a shout out Vanderbilt star Pedro Alvarez, who who graduated in like 2008, drafted by the Pirates, became an All Star. You guys probably don't oh, remember Pedro, this guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I was gonna say I thought you were talking Francisco Pedro Alvarez. Yeah, oh, he's an Pedro Alvarez. Okay. He made Second a couple... overall pick. Yep, and and he went to I went to high school. I went to high school with him by the way. So he was my he was my teammate at Horseman, which I has since produced uh, Harrison Bader. My little school in New York in the in the Riverdale section of the Bronx. For 130 years, not a single pro athlete. All of a sudden, Pedro Alvarez, who's two years younger than me, my shortstop when I'm playing first base for two years, this guy was incredible. 
like this pudgy little freshman dropping 450 foot bombs, goes off to Vanderbilt, all 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 SEC, you know, uh, freshman rookie of the year, all America. The I mean, the guy was like all Team USA, and then he becomes an all star in the major leagues. So Pedro Alvarez is my guy till I die, and then Harrison Bader. Now when the Yankees came out of my high school, too. Only so I reason two. I cared about Vandy back then, the coach. Oh, first name was Tim. Corbin, Boston guy. Tim Corbin. Tim Corbin. Boston guy. No way. Corbin, I don't, those teams were nasty. If you want those to leave now, nasty. you can, Jay. We're good. <laughs> David I'll, I'll, Price. Think about this team. David Price. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, Mike Miner was pitching on that team. J.P. Arancibia, who went on to be a catcher. They drafted like 14 guys every year. They probably still do. Well, also had a number. My big guy was one of my card losses, by the way. 2019. I'm going to say, check this up, J.J. Bladé. I'm going to say it was like the fifth, fifth overall pick or something for the Marlins. Fourth overall for fourth the Marlins, overall. went to the A's. Got traded to the A's last J. J. year. J.J. Bladé, one of the best names in baseball. And not yeah, and, one of the, and one of the worst prospects. No, I'm just kidding. He, has potential. he does have potential, <laughs> but he was supposed to be the guy. But I hard know. to be the guy in Miami. I it is hard to four, be Is guy. he fourth overall? He's probably right. I thought he was fifth. Fourth overall. I knew he was top five. I'm going to trust whatever uh, Scott said was right. So yeah. Dansby was, Swanson, first overall? Overall pick four. Yeah. The Dan's? Sure. He was right. He nailed it. You know, so you, you've been collecting, you said 30 years. How old are you, Scott? 30 plus. I'm 38. Oh, yeah. You're so, like no, I thought the same he was older age than us. Uh, well, he is older than us. He's a year old. My first was like pack was like 89 tops is probably my first pack of cards. So, okay, so growing uh, up, yeah, Scott, been, the card for you growing up, was it the Griffey? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, you know, it wasn't the card that I owned. No, I couldn't. I couldn't aff- you know, I couldn't afford an '89 Upper Deck Griffey. That thing um, backed in the book it for forty bucks back then. I remember forty. Yeah. yeah, I remember me and Russ would sit around like forty. But must be nice to be rich. Bunch <laughs> of scumbags. Yeah, no chance. You know what I was excited about as a kid? And these are the. This was like we grew up in the junk wax era. This was like the total, especially '90, '91 when Griffey came on board. Every fly by night company started producing cards, right? There was a set of cards. It was only Griffey cards, and they were all like silver foil refractors. There'd be like a gold silver foil special card. I don't know if Upper Deck made it or if some other company made it, but I collected these. Like They're totally worthless today. I was so proud. So proud of these like silver foil Griffey cards. And then the one gold one I had, which was the big deal. Now, see, the A-Rod was a big one for me. The 94 Upper Deck, I bought that card at a show for 15 bucks. Star A-Rod. rookie, 1994 A Rod. I was pretty Star excited rookie. about it. I never had the SP, the die. Although now I bought my buddy and I went in on a. This is one of his ideas. You know, my, I have a friend, my best friend. We collect the cards. He's one of probably the top two thousand wealthiest people in the country. Now he's name he works name. for some like you name? know. His name's Eli. His first, first name's Eli. But but, Eli, uh, but he's like Eli, Forbes thirty under thirty. <laughs> yep. He's working in you know, a private Forbes, equity partner. <laughs> so he so 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 now 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 Eli like messes me every so often. He'll be like. Let's let's get an A Rod, you know, SP die cut undervalued. He thinks he has like the values figured out. Um, so we found like a, a ten, like a BCCG ten A Rod oh, die God. cut SP for like eighty bucks. And he's like, let's take a flyer on it. We'll crack it and regrade it, you know. So we haven't done it yet. <laughs> of course, we bought the card. It's still sitting there. I'm looking at it though. It's probably gonna be a, a seven or an yeah, eight. I was gonna oh. say oh. <laughs> a BCCG ten. Yeah, that's that thing's yeah. been manhandled. I can't yeah. find this find Eli? Eli. I found an old Eli. I can't find a young <laughs> Dude, Eli. Um, this is going to have to be further research into this. Yeah, we'll this. find we'll it by find the end of the, the show. We'll edit yeah. it in. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll manipulate we'll it. come back in. Yep. Um, I, honestly, like I feel like this interview has been fantastic. I don't really... We've kind of gone over what we usually a lot for time, but uh, anything else going on that you want to talk about right now? Because I think we obviously have to have you back in the future. Yeah, I'm happy to come back. Now, all I'll say is just 
truly. I mean, I know there's a lot of a lot of excitement in the hobby about Fanatics Live, a lot of maybe questions about what it's going to be, what it's going to look like, how it's going to evolve. But all I'm going to say is we just had you know a team all hands meeting this morning, and there's so much exciting things happening, so so many creative people involved. Um, I'm super gung ho, obviously, about these original programs that we're going to continue to build out, and you know we're going to onboard more sellers, and it's just going to keep growing and growing, and growing, doing it in a in a way, by the way, that is focused on the trust and safety that's so big for us because of the other issues we've, we're seeing out there. No, that's and, key. And, and, I want to wrap this up quickly with a, with a question for you guys, because I'm actually this is a question I'm having internally with oh, the members of the team. Here we go, because you're in this and you guys are breaking, too, with your with your own network. Right. So we have our own live streaming live. app, Card Shop Live. We we talked Card to Shop Nick live. Bell. We saw, asked if he wanted to buy it early. He's going to buy it out. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's for sale cheap. I'll tell you, we're ready yep. to merge. Okay, be, go ahead. Be, beyond that, I mean, have you guys done any data or research into like the, the TAM, they call it, the total addressable market? I'm always trying to figure out how many people just total in the world or maybe in America, let's give it to America. Yeah. Who, who, who participate in breaks on a daily basis or maybe in a weekly basis who are buying cards in that way. Like how big is this space? How many people are listening to this podcast for crying out loud? You want to get, let those numbers out. So like if we have Simmons on the show, major guest, right? Comes on. Yeah. Uh, we make some, or there's a, or even just like if there is a headline, we'll crack top 50, top hundred in sports which in general, this is just generic numbers, by the way, top 50, they said for a while there, back when we were doing it, like 20 to 35,000 for that episode, for an episode like that. So, right. uh, so let's, say, let's say an average is 15 or whatever, right? Sure. 15,000. That's, that's 15,000 dedicated people who are listening to your podcast about sports cards. You have to figure that this is like the demo, right? If you care about sports cards, you listen to this podcast. Um, that's 15,000 people. Like, on all things considered, it's not that many people. It's a tiny number. Right? I mean, when it, when you think of how many sports fans there are, 100 million people watch the Super Bowl. Absolutely. You figure there may be 200 million sports fans in this country, right? 250 maybe. Sure. If you count soccer, maybe it's everybody. I don't. Um, <laughs> but but, uh, <laughs> but so the Fanatics Live mission and what we're trying to do is like, how do we get those sports fans who, who watch the games, who maybe bet on the games, who kind of engage with the athletes in these games in every way but cards, how do we convert them to become collectors in this space to grow your podcast, our platform, everybody would grow if we can get more people in, right? So that that's sort of the 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 the, the nut we're trying to crack. I think Fanax, because they have, you know, the Mitchell Ness and the lids and, and, and the, the tops, like they have such a reach with the apparel and everything else. Like people interact with fanatics more than they probably do with with sports cards. So if we can oh, get those fanatics absolutely. buyers, yeah. get fanatics buyers to come into the sports card vertical, now we're in business. And that and that's and that's that's the mission. That's what we're excited about. That's why Michael Rubin keeps saying we want to 10x the space. And listen, if Michael Rubin uh, says it, you know, we, we can do it. I mean, I believe there's a there's a world. I don't know how fast we can do it. I've started to get a little more skeptical on how how fast that takes. And if we're talking about U.S. or you're talking worldwide, but there's obviously right. what I think we've seen more and more on social media lately, the like the popularity in some of the uh, Asian countries where you're seeing a lot of guys breaking product finally getting access to yeah wax. they're getting access yeah. and breaking product over there which i find very very interesting and then when we're doing like these live nft breaks on our own youtube stuff you got guys from like uh norway ireland uh, i think it was like singapore multiple people just and there's only 200 people in this break but you had all these people from around the world getting in on these it's it is kind of crazy and i think you're to your point who has those numbers i would love to know but uh, if if there is something fanatics can do, I I'd be very curious to hear what ideas they have because 
I also think that there's almost like a brick wall where you get so far and then interest kind of just falls off. Like there is a, uh, a peak of interest until I don't know what you have to be like. You have to be a complete dedicated sports nut to have a uh, a chance of being a card collector. But if you aren't going to every game, you're not following a player, you're not going to get into the card world. I, I don't know where that separation in fan to hobby enthusiast is, but it does seem like there's a wall somewhere where you cannot get them to cross over, at least in the last two years of watching the hobby. So I yeah. could be, I, I say, I, I hope I'm wrong. I know we're out of time. I will say this. Let's, let's, let's schedule another episode. Maybe we have a town hall symposium on this very topic. We can get like sports fans who don't collect. We get collectors. We can get people together and really figure it out. Like what is the barrier? What is that wall you're talking about? Because I, I agree with you. There, there is friction to get those people to convert. Let's crack this nut, guys. Let's figure it out. In the meantime, did we just create one of the most popular episodes we will ever have coming up? The town hall. In the meantime, let's go ahead and in the next team meeting, Card Shop Live, Card Shop Live, a fantastic little live streaming app would be a (laughs) heck of an addition to Fanatics Fanatics Live. Live. Yeah, absolutely. Comes with a nice little spokes voice in the hobby. All right. So bring it it back to the team. Three things we're taking away from this or you need to take away from this, Scott, is, of course, buy out our app. Um, Tell us who Eli is and get android access to fanatics live i am over it okay that's all i'm saying you know how expensive it is to build an app mr i throw out an idea for a new show and now we got it creating stuff back in i want android that's all i'm saying hq, android for HQ was ios HQ was iOS only for the first six, eight months. I mean, it takes time. It's coming, obviously. We have coming. Android for Card Shop Live. That Fanatics is true. Fanatics Live could get this. That's true. It not is to on mention there. they've, stolen, great, a bunch, they've also good. stolen a bunch of our other ideas to their credit, <laughs> but they can get it. They can get Android. I'm I have just, I have faith in their bankroll. I believe in you. That's all I'm saying. Go right, talk if to you're going to roast me, I'm going to end with a final roast for you guys. Please. Change the name of this thing. This bothers me to no end. Sports cards. Sports card. Sports card no, nonsense. don't that you S, dare. That S kills Stop. me. Stop. You're putting it's it in so people's hard minds. To say. You are infecting people's minds as we no speak. No one calls sports it sports card nonsense. nonsense anyways. Everybody calls it card. <laughs> That's why he wants us to change it. No, it's too late. We can't. <laughs> Rebranding would take forever. Oh, no. Don't you, you dare. Just, you just a little red paint. A little red paint is all it takes. <laughs> That's all you have to do. And expand the font <laughs> just a little bit. All right. Thank you. That's 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 good critique. Uh, Scott Rogowski, Fanatics Live. Thank you, Scott. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining. We can't wait for the town hall and other future episodes where you'll be joining us third man. Uh, this was a pleasure. Thanks again. You got it. Oh, uh, there you go. That was Scott. By the way, you didn't hear this off air. No, Jesse put goes, that in. Jesse Eddie goes, I'm gonna, in. yeah, Jesse goes, I'm going to text you later. He goes, please don't. <laughs> that was the sound of a, of a man who just does not want to hear from you. I only text him like three or four times we, a day. We can be done. That was like a high ending to end on. It was a good show. Well-rounded. We're not going to. Let's just be done there. That's let's, right. let's call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that does stink. We had a number of other uh, good topics in the mailbag. We will have to keep those for Thursday's yeah, episode. Um, oh, let me just end it with this. Uh, the soccer game, the big Nashville, it, this made like national news, the soccer game, um, where it was the league's cup for soccer, Nashville soccer club versus inner Miami. Uh, Messi was here in town after, right after we ended Thursday's episode, the guy reached out, um, just saying like, Hey, by the way, I don't know if you see saw this, but they're going to the final, the league cup, uh, tickets are on sale right now. I was like, dude, I think I want to go to this. That would be amazing. 
I found like sixth row back, uh, close to the goal, close to middle field, somewhere in between there. And I bought two tickets. I spent $1,700. And now granted, that was on the cheaper side. I thought it was more than that. No, no, no. I spent $1,700. Um, that was the cheaper side All of tickets. All in, fees and everything. Fees and everything. Ticketmaster is a criminal. They should be put down. I cannot believe what they charge. Anyway, I... Um, I then almost immediately realized, oh, crap, I forgot that dinner that my family has planned for a, a month to do for my wife and I for our anniversary. And uh, I realized, well, that can't happen. I have to sell these tickets. And I thought, yeah, I, I'm sure I can get my money back or maybe I could even make some money. Proceeded to uh, <laughs> lose a solid eight hundred dollars. <laughs> On those it's tickets, stupid uh, I had to mention it because I posted it all over our socials trying to move the tickets. I like that people message me direct. I was like, "You're like, foolish enough to buy these for eighteen hundred? This was the was, other guy." Here's the thing: what I found oh. out too is like everyone says, "Oh, well, the closer you get to the game time, ticket prices are going to go down because people want to get rid of them." In this case, that didn't happen, but that's what I thought was going to happen. So I kept lowering the price of mine, and then turns out like if I had just waited till almost game time. I probably could have gotten close to what I paid for them. So oh, it just makes me happy. Just uh overall good investment weekend for myself. Uh, that was an excellent interview. Like Mike said, um, we'll save your mailbag stuff for next episode. And yeah, I guess that's it. You want to count we us have out? one more normal episode. I'm going to say that's, oh, I'm going to yeah. say Thursday is our last regular episode for two weeks, at least for a month. No, yeah, I'm going to say a month. Okay, Between. so you went from be telling me that you may not be gone any episodes, maybe one episode, to now it's going to be a month. But I probably won't be in here for him. Oh, I'm telling you, you this is going to be our last normal episode. Thursday will be our last normal episode for three weeks. Three weeks. I texted okay, Simmons. That's, that's he hasn't more. texted me back. I was going to try to get him on next week. Um, what Mike is referring to is, so next week, uh, my wife are go- and I are going on our like first interview. Anniversary vacation ever, and this is the first one in vacation period in the years. The first time you've taken on an anniversary vacation? Yeah, I think like well, quit spending your money on soccer and take care of the woman. For God's sakes, you married up and you, you're buying. We're messy going. Tickets. We're going out to Vineyard Wine Country, San Francisco area, and uh, we're gonna be gone for a week. So Mike's gonna go solo next week. No, I won't be solo. Um, well, he's gonna I go with somebody. The week after that, I will be going solo. Uh, well, we we may have one day off because of uh, Labor Day, and then I'm gonna go solo at least one episode, and then the week after that is when we're supposed to do back to normal, but. We'll we'll see. And one of these weeks, we find out if we still have a job in January. Haven't heard from That's Spotify on that. Going to be so. a really interesting number as well. Hint, but hint, if you're looking to get us back, happy to re-sign with you. And we got Scott Rogowski already signed for third, third man, man in. in. So yep. that's perfect. All right. Um, so that's your lookout for the future episodes. We next episode we got Card Letter joining us for uh, hopefully some more quiz and games. Actually, those episodes have been pretty popular. So I'm also, looking forward to that. Last little plug: Card Shop Live to be serious now. Uh, Wednesday, massive release, a Topps Pristine Baseball. We have a legit tower of this stuff coming in. Oh, do you like really? 30 cases. So we will have a ton of that. Jesse's got his pop, Leaf Pop Century. He's going to be breaking on there as well. Uh, but yeah, Topps Pristine looks absolutely awesome. I love the product. That's why I went so heavy on I think it's an awesome product. So we'll be breaking that like crazy. Uh, yeah, we'll be breaking stuff tonight too, tonight, tomorrow, every night, till the kid comes basically. Sell cards until the until Theo shows. <sighs> That's the message. That's the dream come true right there, baby. Boom. Roasted. Thanks for listening. Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, powered by Spotify. See you on Thursday. Goodbye.